let's get started. I'll do the intro and whatnot. Welcome back to uh, Colony Confidential. Joey Buns the brains. I'm here with the talent, Ed. And uh, today we have a current guest, Dan Gordon from PCO Bookkeepers. You guys all asked for him to come back. You sent us in some questions. Morning. Thanks for having me back. Let's jump right into it. One of the questions we got, what's the state of the pest control industry right now? Not in a high level way, but for me, I have a small business in a big city. Revenue this year is just under 400000 What should I be thinking about or looking at? So the state of the industry has never been better, uh, but it's also a function of the, the, the economy in general, right? Um, it's just uh, the economy's hitting on all cylinders, so people are willing to spend money. The only caveat for the small business guy is that the labor market is very tight. So if you can figure that out, then you're going to be doing real well. You know, people are willing to spend money. The question is, can you hire enough people to get the work done? We actually had a client who we were working on their budget and uh, looked at their marketing dollars. And um, I told him that it was low. And he said, well, why would I spend any money on marketing? I can't hire anybody. So if I market, then I'm just going to bring in work that I can't get done. So that's kind of one of these be careful you know, uh, what you ask for. It's, uh, but, but the economy is generally terrific. So same with the industry, um, you know, the M&A world, you know, people are buying pest control companies if that's the way you want to go. You know, we, we do brokerage work as well. And um, we did almost, uh, well, we're, uh, we're closing a deal on uh, next week. So that will put us over a hundred million in transaction value for the year. So, uh, you know, there are other brokers out there. So everybody's um, really part of this whole uh, frenzy. But if you want to stay in the business, uh, there's never been a better time to stay in and make money and, and, and take care of your customers. That's crazy. Because if you your 100 million, if you look at all the other stuff, the M&A in 2019 is probably upwards of half a billion dollars. Right. I'm going to say more than that. I'm going to say more than that. So there's three of us. There's uh, Gianna Moore and there's Lance Tullius. Lance has probably done well in excess of 500 million. I don't. I never even heard of that guy. No offense to him. Oh, that that's the biggest guy in the industry. You don't hear about him because he only does a couple deals a year. He did uh, Clark, you know, the Clark deal out in California. He's he's a biggie. So you spoke about the economy and how how good it is. We've, we've spoken to a bunch of different financial people, and it's 50-50. Do you think that there, uh, we're in the beginning of a recession? It's kind of interesting. I was just looking at a, uh, a newsletter that I got and still looking at it. It's called uh, the CFO Dive. It's like um, all, all um, for CFOs and accountants. And um, what they're saying is that their, their survey, uh, half the CFOs think that we're going to go into recession in 2020, half say no. There's certain things that the government can do to prolong a recession. The current administration is definitely doing that. Um, I don't know whether that's a good idea or not, right? Because if you just let the natural cycles of the um, of the economy work, it, you know, you have peaks and troughs, right? But we're in the longest economic expansion in, in my lifetime anyway. And, um, you know, so you keep lowering interest rates, you, you make uh, you know, money cheap and whatnot. And so you can uh, push the economy, these prosperous times, you can push it out further. But 
um, at some point it, it has to dive. But if you use all the tools when the economy's good, when the economy turns the other way, you don't have any tools left. So that's kind of the, the debate is, is this the right thing to be doing? It's, it's clear when you lower taxes, when you make money cheap, that the economy soars, but it's kind of artificial. You know, with the last administration, they said that, oh, geez, you know, they're, they're, they're lowering, lowering interest rates and, you know, how long could this go on? And with this administration, they're doing the same thing in addition to that tax cut. So who knows? But uh, I think when we crash, we're going to crash hard. But I don't know when that's going to be. I don't, I don't see it anytime in the near future. Anthony, he and I spoke about this. Commercial, commercial loans for business property, I, I just refinanced. I saved three points. It went from seven and change to four. It's yeah. insane. It's like, it's like you said, free money. Yep, yep. Well, what's really interesting is you've got all of these private lenders out there now. So that all these private equity firms are buying up businesses, not just pest control business, all different businesses, right? There's never been a better time to, to do roll-ups. Like what you're seeing in the pest control industry is happening in lots of other industries, right? And so what's happened is in the past, you've driven up the stock market, right? So the stock prices got frothy, but the private equity uh, out there is pushing up the price of small businesses now. And so that the next frontier for these private equity guys are, uh, they call it private banking. Basically it's hard money lending. So you, what you're going to do is you're going to, you know, be able to get your return on investment. You know, these guys are now lending at 12 to 15%. That's what, for people who have decent credit are trying to borrow on things that maybe you, you know, a normal bank wouldn't lend on. And, and that's, that's the next frontier for private equity that, that they're going into this private um, banking. So even though the cost of capital is down, you know, um, these private equity firms are, are making a huge spread on the, what they can borrow at and what they can lend it back out at. Yeah. I mean, look, Univar, just their pest division just sold. Yeah. For I, I guess it does four fifty a year, and it sold for almost a billion dollars, nine fifty. Which is crazy because the margins on pest pesticides is like nothing compared to pest control company, and uh, that's yeah that that was a big deal that 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 just got announced. But I, I think that kind of went over everybody's head. It, I saw it in PCT's newsletter and PMP's newsletter, but it wasn't like that big of a deal. Whereas, you know, when, when these large pest control companies get acquired, you know, there's the big news, you know, press release and whatnot. Uh, Univar, that, that's a really big deal. And uh, I don't think too many people are talking about it. No, because it doesn't really affect. I mean, I agree, we should be, but it doesn't really affect anybody. That when pest control companies get sold, it has such a widespread effect on distribution, all of the vendors, right? Because now you have like like a Mikhail, let's say, or a big company in the tens, twenties, and millions. They're using certain products and they're using certain people. And then all of a sudden the big company comes in and then you have all of that trickle down where they start cutting people off. With Univar, all it is is really one investment banking company buying up another investment banking company's assets. So people are like, whatever, that doesn't mean anything. But It'll be interesting to see how their prices change once it takes full effect, which probably won't be till 2021. Well, the other thing is that 
if money dries up, you know, these companies, what they do is they borrow in order to sell, right? So Ed, you and I were talking about it in North Carolina. We were talking about a guy who was a distributor back in the nineties who, when his money dried up, uh, you know, he, he ran into a lot of, a lot, lot of, of trouble, a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that could happen at a corporate level definitely could happen. So you got to keep your eye on it. So with the Univar deal, you were saying that it's something no one's really paying that much attention to. Why should we be looking or what should we be looking out for with this? Look at your pricing. Um, you know, just keep keep an eye on your pricing. Keep an eye on the terms. You know, these distributors, um, a lot of them will you know, bankroll you through the winter, right? They'll, they'll give you, you know, 90, 120 day terms. A lot of times, if you're willing to buy a whole bunch of termitocide at the end of the year, they'll let you pay for it in April or May, right? See if that continues, you know, if, if money is, becomes tighter, they, they might not be willing to do that so much. And so that, that might affect, you know, how, um, how you purchase. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people buy now, because there's so many incentives, right? Because you have distribution trying to hit their numbers with manufacturers. So it's just crazy. Like the deals that we just got are ridiculous. You know, especially if you're buying in bulk, if you're buying pallets, you're getting an insane savings. And then, and, and you know, Anthony and you and I spoke about this. Then your January and February numbers look like they're through the roof and your December looks terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they continue to let us do that. But I, I think if ma- if manufacturing doesn't change, then it's going to be something where, oh, we need X amount. They'll they'll drop their pants to hit that number to get that bonus from manufacturing. Yeah. It's so, so one of the things that um, you got to look at is di- distribution is a totally different business than pest control. So um, the... the um, you know, the distribution business, it works on a very low margin, but very high turnover. So, you know, pest control, you do a million dollars and you have a 50% gross margin. You got, you know, uh, $500,000 pushing to to take care of all your fixed costs. And, you know, usually you'll put up, you know, 15, 20% profit, right? But distribution might work on 5%, but they might turn the warehouse every couple days, right? So if they have a million dollars of inventory, right? And they make 5% on that million dollars, right? That's $50,000. But if they turn it a hundred times during the year, they, they can make a lot of money. So that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn their inventory. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I prefer to play the pest control game than that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another question from one of, uh, our listeners. Um, should I expand my services? I'm thinking about adding a mosquito service, but does it make sense? What is the best money-making insect now and looking ahead? So that's a really interesting question, right? Um, the, you know, if you've been in, in the business for a while, you remember that fleas were a big deal, right? And then they kind of uh, petered out. Um, and then, um, you know, um, the, the termite baiting became a real big thing and not that it petered out, but you know, the low ballers came in and, and, and so that, uh, you know, um, now it's just a, a regular service and yeah, you make money at it. But if you remember when Centricon first came out, you were selling it for 12 and $14 a linear foot and making a fortune. Right. And then bed bugs came. Right. And, and that came right in the nick of time when, um, uh, 
you know, when we had when we went through that great recession, when General Motors was filing for bankruptcy and all the banks were going under, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so, um, you know, the um, um, you know, so, so what is the next thing? Um, what I'm seeing is mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are, are really, you know, you've got all of these even franchises, Mosquito Joe, Mos- uh, the Mosquito Squad, all of these franchises just set up and all they're doing are mosquitoes, right? That's all they're doing. And uh, so um, what we're seeing is, you know, we've got clients who are in the, you know, in the great white North up in New Hampshire and and Maine and whatnot, they're making a fortune on mosquitoes. We got people in the South who are making a a fortune on mosquitoes. And, um, you know, uh, I see that as, is, is, is a big revenue getter. Um, The, the only the only thing that I don't like about it, it is recurring, but it's not recurring throughout the year, especially in the north. Like if you go real far south, you can probably get away with 10 months a year. But if you're going in, you know, um, in, in, in New Hampshire and Maine and whatnot, you know, you're probably getting in four or five treatments. Whereas the guys in, in South Carolina and Florida, they're probably getting in eight to 10, you know. I got a. I got a question that came to my head. You're talking about a recession before. You know, I remember back in, I don't know, it was 74, <laughs> a long time ago, I called it the Jerry Ford recession. And I had a bunch of, um, I had started my business in um, in neighborhoods where, you know, um, not middle class. And um, I was making, I was making a lot of money, I thought at the time, like maybe 2,500, 3,000 a month. And these people lost their jobs, a lot of them. And what it taught me, one, I had to get more commercial accounts. And two, I got to save money or have something because as I looked at history, these good times and bad times seem to come in waves. So right now, how could we protect ourselves against a recession? If you look at the industry, you're... We're not a recession-proof business, but we're a recession-resistant um, business. Even during recessions, we don't go down too much. Now, if you're in some town that has a manufacturing, you know, the entire town is based off of manufacturing and that plant goes under, yeah, you're, that, that, that town is going to get hit hard. But pest control, because it's, you know, protecting property and, and, and life and, and whatnot, um, it just isn't, um, you know, it, it, it's not a luxury item for many people. So it's kind of a recession resistant. If, if you look at, um, if you go back to PCT, like uh, there was a PCT, I think it was in 2009 in February, um, and the cover. Um, and the reason I know it is because I did a talk about it and I used it in a PowerPoint, but the cover of it it was, um, you know, are we cracking? And it, you know, basically was saying that the economy's falling apart, what's happening. And, um, we didn't crack, uh, you know, we didn't grow, but we didn't crack the rest of the, um, economy, you know, had a lot more difficult time than us. And I would say that that's true of all the recessions since, you know, I've been in the business for almost 30 years, we've been through a few recessions and, uh, you know, we bounce back. Uh, the one thing that I would make sure is that, that, that your, uh, receivables are under control, right? You don't want to get caught with, um, a ton of receivables and the economy goes down. 
people um, quit because they lose their job, you know, could you create a program? Hey, you've been a customer for five years. You know what? Why don't we give you a free service and, uh, and um, you know, let's see how it goes in the next three months or something if you get a job back. I, I know that uh, uh, if you remember at CO2, Donnie was talking about that um, when, when um, you know, during the last uh, recession that they did that. Um, but there's not a whole lot that you, you, you can't really hide from a recession. Just make sure that, you know, that you're not overextended, you know. So it's funny you said that about accounts receivable because uh, there's a, a quick question about that. Sebastian C. from Kansas City said, what percent of your revenue should be like in the street, basically, you know, accounts receivable? If you're doing a million a year, what is an acceptable account, you know, aging? So, so it depends if you're commercial or residential, right? So if you're uh, commercial and you give everybody 30 day terms, right? So you get put everybody on 30 day terms. If you think about it, if you have a company that's doing, forget about the million, let's say you have a company that's doing $365,000 a year, that would be a thousand dollars a day, right? And you give everybody 30 day terms, that would mean that you should have $30,000 in receivables. That's called number of days of sales and accounts receivable. Where it becomes blurry and, and it becomes difficult to calculate is that what we've done with the residential market is we, you know, pre-bill everybody and we uh, put them on monthly credit card, um, you know, where, where we charge their credit card the first of the month. And uh, so, you know, we have a lot of clients who are heavily residential who have gone to this uh, budget billing at first of the month on a credit card where their receivables are actually negative right but if you know if you use that days of sales in receivable formula in other words if you take your entire revenue divide it by 365 and then multiply it by your terms if you're giving out 15 day terms you give it you know multiply it by 15 if you give out 30 day terms that's how much you should have in receivables if you have more than that that means your customers aren't sticking to your terms if you have less than that that means that you're you're doing better than your terms i think it's a great question that sebastian asked. um so basically you're saying annual revenue divided by 365 times your terms yeah so that i mean for me i'm gonna do it it's it, I'll share. It's going to be interesting because we're heavy commercial. We have 30 day, 60 day, and 90 day terms, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to, cause I, this is great. I, I, I'm going to have, uh, my office run this for me once a month. <laughs> yeah. So then, then the other way to look at it is you got to look at your 30, 60, 90, right? You don't want people in 90 day, unless, you know, by design, what you just said, I'm willing to bet that, that your 90 days are probably healthcare hospitals are notorious for pushing it out 90 days, but whatever terms you want to give them, um, if you want to be their bank, then you need to build in a little bit of interest rate into your, um, into your fees so that, uh, you know, that, that, that you're not, um, financing their business. If only that was that easy. <laughs> right. That's what I love about being a consultant. I can tell you to do all these things, but, but you have to execute them. <laughs> 90 day terms. It's usually large accounts, right? You're not giving yeah. a 90 day term to somebody that is giving you $500 a month. Right? Yeah, we, we find, for whatever reason, hospitals love 90-day terms. Yeah. 
They love it. And look, we're heavy healthcare. We're so heavy in healthcare that the IRS audited us because our annual tax return and what we paid in sales tax put a red flag because they're all uh, nonprofit. So we had right. a huge number at the end of the year. Minus, I think it was upwards of half a million dollars in non-tax, uh, no sales tax. And that that's why they said they came and audited so, but so, the hospitals yeah. are a healthcare in general is always 90 days. We just turned down a bid um, for a big group of hospitals because the terms are 180 days. And it's, yeah. over, it's, it's probably like a $1.9, $2.1 million contract. And there's no, I mean, you, that's really being a bank. Yep. Yeah. And they know it. And that's why they do it. And they do it to all their uh, vendors. And if you sell to Walmart, they do that to you, too. It, you know, so so, you know, one of the principles of negotiation. So usually you're you're thinking about price, price, you know, I want to get the price lower. So if you squeeze everything that you can out of price, then it's terms. You know, how do you get the terms right? And from from your perspective, you could pull that with your vendors. And, and, and you know, I, I'm sure you have some vendors that listen to this uh, podcast. But but think about it. Right. So if Univar uh, gives you 60 day terms. Right. Um, because that's what you want or 90 day terms. And then on the 61st day or whatever it's due, you put it on your credit card uh, and you line it up with the, the, the date, you know, the first day after the credit card closes. Then you get another 30 days. Right. It's all interest free. Right. Um, if, if you think about it, if you were to borrow that money, what would it cost you? Right. So if they give you 60 day terms, you take 30 from the credit card company and you get points or cash back or whatever. That's a, an added bonus. But now you've got this 90 day interest free loan. Right. That, that's why they do it. We used to do that. And both most the New York City uh, Target and Univar, the biggest ones in the city, they won't let you do that. The only way you could do a credit card is if it's at point of sale. Yeah. Yeah. Look, their margins are crap. We, we spoke about that in the beginning. So to add another 3% that they're going to lose on that credit card and terms, it probably knocks, it probably knocks their, their profit margin down to single digits. Coming up next time on Colony Confidential. Speaking about Pest Pack Select, for those of you starting out or if you're converting right now, you may want to start here. It has majority of what you need from scheduling, routing. It even has the dashboards, running reports, payments, productivity in the field, route optimization, account management. Basically, Pest Pack Select is one streamlined system that gives you support for all stages of your business and the life cycle of your business. This is another tool, and this is a tool that shouldn't be overlooked. This is a tool that can save you money, save you time. Uh, I think it would make your company look much bigger than it might be at the time. So that, that's another plus. There's mobile applications. You can schedule work orders, details, and forms. Just makes you look very, very professional. Credit card processing, mmm, nice. It's got account and contract management, dashboard and reports. I mean, you're up on top of it all. Call 844-838-7371. Tell them Ed and Joe sent you from Colony Confidential. They're not going to give in on the credit card because of just what you said, because of the fee that they have to pay. It's cheaper for them to say, you know what, I'll give you the extra 90 days 
rather than the credit card company, because that just costs them their cost of capital, not two and a half percent. If you think about that two and a half percent being 30 days, right, then that two and a half percent times 12 months, right? So, so what's that? You know, that's the interest rate that, that, that they're paying, you know, so it's, it, it's really quite high. So if, if you push a vendor hard enough and they absolutely won't do a credit card, you say, well, I need the 30 days and then push them a little harder. And the reason you need the, the extra 30 days is, well, that, that's your business, but they may give you that extra 30 days, but they're not going to do it on a credit card because now they got to pay. You know, it's almost 30% if you think about it, right? For 30 days, 2.5%. The larger insurance companies of the world don't know how to service you like this because they're cookie-cutter nonsense for your personal stuff. They think a $300,000 policy for somebody with a $5 million business is good enough, and that's wrong. And when you have somebody like Frank and Phyllis with Select Insurance, that will tell you this is what you should have. They don't, And they there's no hard sells with them. They tell you, you're at this level now, this is what you should have. You're at this level now, this is what you should have. You need these type of people. They're licensed pest management professionals in various states. And then they just know, they know what we're talking about. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. Select Insurance is just the company that you want to be with. You know, like... You can sleep better at night. You Let's can, leave it at that. You're right. Enough said. Well said.